jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Well... Here we are, a week removed. Dark times are these. And these are, it's been a dark week. It is, you know, I mean, the world's on fire right now. Uh, yeah, literally. Which is unfortunate. Although, I will say if there is a silver lining right now, it's that Robin Thicke's house burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> that is a silver lining. Yeah, you can keep that if you want, or not. Um, <laughs> But I will say, the the true pain that I'm going through right now, Stacey, is that it has been, like, days since I've seen Suspiria. <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't seen it since I saw it. I I saw it, I saw it uh, on election night, which I was like, oh, this is a wonderful election night to spend with witches. Um, and then I promptly uh, got sick right as my theater was bringing it in. And so I had planned on literally being at my theater watching this movie every single night. And I have not seen it once since I saw it twice. And I'm so upset. That's horrible. Yeah, it's still not here. I'm so I, sorry. I still don't know if it's coming. I assume it is. But I still don't know. But it's all I've been thinking about. And I haven't been able to see it. Do you know, which... like... What a slap in the face it must be, too, if they're playing, like, Hotel Transylvania 7 or <laughs> yeah. or that, that shitty Frankenstein Nazi zombie movie that I saw over the weekend. Oh, did you see it? <laughs> I did. And it, here's the thing. Overlord is it's just fine. Um, it's, it's a perfectly mediocre movie in every respect. Like, yeah. for some reason, though, I keep seeing all these people freaking out about it and talking about how it's like this gritty war horror epic and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, you guys... There's one woman in it, and it's not Suspiria. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if you want a better experience that doesn't feel weirdly inappropriate because it's trying so hard to be a war epic, like, you could just play Wolfenstein or watch Frankenstein's Army. I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah, I just, it just further proves that no two horror fans are alike. Except. Except for us. For us. Duh. <laughs> and everyone else is wrong. Everyone else is wrong. I just don't get it. But I, you know, I just, I really need to see it again. It's just such a beautiful breath of, of a, a sigh of fresh air. A sigh. Yeah, do you see what I did there? It's like the mother of sighs. It, you get it? Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> let, God. Let, let that sink in. As, like, uh, Mater Suspiriorum gets a little cha-ching from her royalties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let that sink in. You know, that's my new public enemy number one. Is oh, when yeah. I see that, um, when somebody posts some stupid text thing, and then it ends with, let that sink in. <laughs> like, I fucking need you to tell me how to think. Right? In 1800, there were no cars, and now there's a lot of cars. Let that sink in. <laughs> like, what? Fuck off. 
Go to hell, Stoner. Go to hell. <laughs> it just it just drives me crazy. Anyway, that's I'm Andy Rooney, and this is six minutes. <laughs> well, I'm happy to I'm happy to know what's got your goat this week. It's got my goat this week. <laughs> Thank you too for an Andy Rooney reference. I well. Someone's got to keep the flame burning. I've always wondered if Laurie Anderson and Andy Rooney aren't actually the same person, just one on like a good day and one after a bad day in traffic. <laughs> uh, that has never occurred to me. Laurie Anderson? Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Both of, if you look up Laurie Anderson's weird, like get out the vote PSAs from the 1980s. Oh, I never saw those. Yeah. And then watch it alongside an Andy Rooney 60 Minutes monologue interesting i'm telling you there's like some berenstein bears like uh, parallel universe stuff going on right there oh, i'm gonna let that sink in oh shit oh shit i <laughs> went there <laughs> oh. so i mean i guess what i really want to do is just talk about Suspiria again but well i mean again and forever <laughs> again and forever because you know what i thought and i don't know why this didn't really occur to me mm-hmm earlier is that you know a lot of people are talking about the ending obviously and like sorry really quick if i see one more person that says can someone explain the ending to me i'm like are are you not are you not living in america like have you you not seen what's happening in the world yeah or an article that's like suspiria endings explained like yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah okay well so there's a lot of people talking about it and like people are wondering which i i mean i didn't know i never wondered about this is like when did Susie know like how much did she know you know at what point did it all kind of happen and blah 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 and i'm like first of all i think Susie was on a journey of self-discovery she was yes it wasn't like she was possessed or you know i mean it wasn't anything against her will but i was thinking about that whole thing and it's such a like coming out story. It is all the way down to tearing open your yonic uh, chest vagina. Yeah, it'd be like, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, just growing up and feel it, like, especially in a hyper religious household and knowing you're like you don't belong and yeah. knowing knowing there's something different about you but not being able to articulate it not knowing what all of these things mean and then she just kind of like finds her place and finds her people and her purpose oh she finds her tribe like rupaul she says find, she finds her <laughs> tribe you know so here's uh my second viewing uh gifted me this moment of being able to pay attention because I didn't drink as much weed juice for the second viewing as I did the first. <laughs> Which could also explain why I was crying profusely throughout, though I like to think it was truly uh, Stendhal syndrome. <laughs> but um, midway through the movie, Susie awakes from one of her nightmares or like her dream flashbacks which I'm still trying to figure out, like, Madame Blanc says she sends them to her, but also it seems like Susie is sending some back to Madame Blanc. Yeah. Um, but Susie awakes mid, like, it, like halfway through the movie, she wakes up and she's, like, it's it's kind of hard to make it out, but I really clearly heard it, but she just screams, I know who I am. Yeah. And it's so beautiful, but at the same, Jason and I were talking about that and, like, even at that point when she knows who she I was like, well, why didn't she tell Madame Blanc? Because then maybe things could have worked out a little easier, if not funner for the viewer. Um, <laughs> and 
And Jason was like, well, you know, she even says, like, towards the end when she apologizes to Klimper, she's like, I'm sorry for what my daughters did to you. I was powerless to do anything. Um, so it was like she she became aware of who she was and she knew she was the mother of size, but she still was at the place of not being able to reach her full and access her full potential yet. Right. And she kind of like needed Madame Blanc to stand for her first and like kind of needed the support of, of the coven and like, yeah. Yeah. She needed her people. And that also, I mean, in a way, echoes the first film where, you know, Helena Marcos is just bedridden and weakened. Yeah. And not at her full power. Oh, gosh. So, okay. So what we decided to do, listeners, since we couldn't, like, I mean, we haven't been able to completely turn this into a Suspiria podcast. Though we're working on it. (laughs) We're heading in that direction. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But we decided to go back and visit the original Three Mothers trilogy. Oh, and what a time we had. Wowzy wow. (laughs) I took notes. I felt so cool. I took some notes because some notes just had to be taken. Especially like, okay, so we watched the original Suspiria and Inferno and The Mother of Tears, which was a first time viewing for me. You had never seen it. I saw it. I saw it 10 years ago, I think, and I did not remember a lick of it. So it was like a first time viewing all over again. Uh, That was uh, Susie doing you a kindness. Wiping your mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what she did. (laughs) The the horrible films that have undone you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of I have lots of thoughts and feelings. Yeah, I do, too. And the whole time. I will admit the whole time I was watching these, I just continued to think more about the current mythology of the three mothers. Yeah. I mean, admittedly doing this after I had watched all of them and I knew we were going to record today, I thought this is a little bit like that person who graduates and still hangs around. You know what I mean? Like we want to be talking about the dysphoria, but we're like, well, we'll talk about the old stuff too. Hey guys, I was just I was just thinking I could maybe audit some classes and like just like hang out, you know? Yeah, like, I, I thought I could work at the bookstore, maybe. I feel like like I'll always have a place at the chess club, you know? So like <laughs> I was just thinking like maybe. It feels a little bit like that. Like we, it's like the intent is good, but we don't belong here, you know? Yeah. Listen, I'm an American. I belong everywhere. That, okay. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. I mean, not that the original isn't, you know, a masterpiece on its own. I don't know, Stacey. Have you heard that weird prog rock soundtrack that they've got? Have you seen it? Oh, (laughs) Have you ever heard of the original Suspiria? Have you seen it? (laughs) No, Uh, you dip. I mean, I really feel, I mean, we should go in order, but Mother of Tears is just like on the forefront of my mind. How could it not be? It's it's the, it, it's the voice of a generation. It's the forefront of, of all American consciousness. And, and I mean, I understand now why Trump uh, sees like it, no point in keeping the NEA around because like the pinnacle of art has been achi- achieved. Yeah, we're done. Everything is just wasting time. Yeah. <laughs> After the mother of tears. La Cremorum. Oh my God. The song over the oh, end credits. Song. I was, was dying. She's the mother of tears. La yeah. Cremorum. <laughs> it's like, she's evil and mean and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> 
was um that was Claudio Simonetti with uh whatever his name is from Cradle of Filth. Yep. <laughs> sure was, wasn't it? Uh, and I I really I felt like I was back in the hot topic and yeah. I will admit I had some some <laughs> some warm fuzz horrible horrible song. <laughs> That didn't get to, that didn't give me warm fuzzies at all. That I was dying of laughter. It's really bad. I couldn't help. It was amazing. But That's what? a thing. Oh, hmm? no, go, go on. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say each of these, if nothing else, each of these films, uh, because they're only connected by the mythology, really. Um, and by Dario Argento, uh, not crediting Dario Nicolodi, but like, Beyond that, uh, each of these films are really connected by um, profoundly interesting musical choices, I feel like. That is true. That is and, true. And while the first one has that gorgeous soundtrack that we could never forget, and the second one like has uh, something, the third one, <laughs> Mother, <laughs> Mother of Tears, truly has uh, the American goth metal Oh rap rap rock God. masterpiece opera song of its time. I was watching so after after Mother of Tears, I put on the the DVD like features. And they have all these it has like interviews with all these people that like traveled from all over the world to go to the opening night premiere. Wow. And they only show the op- like interviewing people before the movie and they don't show anything <laughs> from after. <laughs> and I can just imagine what were those faces like as as the lights came up and that song is blasting. Oh what, my gosh. What were the faces of the people that had traveled from Ibiza or Brazil or you know oh, America God. to see the conclusion of the three finally the conclusion 30 after, years later after 30 years of waiting I mean this is kind of like like George Lucas prequel levels uh, <laughs> yeah. awesome on in so many respects yeah <laughs> in so many respects but you know what gave me and I was thinking about it last night was like a nostalgia but not nostalgia because i'm not necessarily looking back fondly but was the cover of mother of tears because it's like dimension extreme unrated and i was like it's such a like time capsule from that that period of time where like that was it you know it was like you had anchor bay and you had dimension extreme and lion's gate and all these shitty movies okay. and i was so burnt out on horror and it was like like obviously there were some gems from that time period but mostly it was like bro horror to the extreme like 2005 2009 <laughs> yeah like right in that that time period like the french were doing really interesting amazing things but otherwise it, like american horror was mostly just like this kind of shit. Yeah, it's really interesting actually how the mid 2000s really were like like we kind of the 90s were pretty terrible for horror. Uh, I mean there was like what Candyman, Sons of the Lambs, uh and then the the like teen slashers that like really upped the genre again and then it immediately turned into like 2000s jump cut editing uh it, fascinating choices, horrible like horrible new metal soundtracks and everything hair gel like spiky hair gel and you know it was like you had your darren lynn bowsman's and your adam green and joe lynch and all these bros were just 
and uh, I was so burnt out on the genre that I like yeah. gave it up for a while even. I it was really love. horror horror at its most like rockabilly flames on denim, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't hack it. And so this kind of brought it back, you know, especially the cover. It just brought a lot of feelings back, but not like bad. Like I didn't feel I was just like, oh, that was a thing that happened, wasn't it? Because it feels so over now. Like yeah. w- women were <laughs> Thank such, God. women were such an afterthought at that point. Oh my god, right? You know, and it's just, we've, I think we're in a really great place right now with horror, so. Oh yeah, it's it's so, I mean, because yeah, at that point, I think the torture porn was like really the preoccupation with that era too. Yeah, every movie had to have a close-up of like a nail going through a fingernail. Ugh! You know, like that had to be in every movie no matter what. It wasn't everything. And horrible, like, eyeball gore effects, like, where yes. you can see the person's eyeball underneath the fake eye that they're pulling out. <laughs> yeah. Set to Linkin Park. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, whereas, whereas now, yeah, for sure, it's like, it, the best stuff coming out of horror is really centered around women's stories, if not made by women, too. Yeah. Which Here, is it's like so the women, refreshing. The women were still, like, if they were strong female characters, you know, like, women were still just getting their tits out. Even if they're the director's daughter. Yeah, oh, my God. You know what? I wrote that down. I'm like, it's so, I like, I get it. Maybe it's they're <laughs> Italian and they don't fucking care. But I find it weird that every movie of his that, Asia is in there's like a shower scene there's a topless scene there's a nude scene oh my god what was it was it trauma is trauma the one with piper laurie and i think so i haven't seen it like oh i i just got i just got so stressed out so that one piper laurie is fantastic in it and that's about all the movie has going for it but Asia literally plays a 16 year old who like hooks up with like the main 35 year old character in the movie oh my gosh and they like actively talk about the fact that she's a teenager and there's like no nobody ever addresses at any point that the director's daughter is one like naked in the film and a 16 year old who is in a relationship with the much older protagonist like it's so weird it's so weird to me like mother of tears there was a shower scene with her and like a toplet like and there was no it was so gratuitous it was so gratuitous, what? and it's like, it, but it's your daughter. It's like your romantic partner. You wouldn't give any fucking screenwriting credits to for who knows what reason, and your daughter has to have a nude scene in all of your films. Like, what's happening it's here? So weird. Yeah, literally, I wrote down in my notes. We see. <laughs> Are we just talking about Mother of Tears now? Should we just go for it? <laughs> Fine. I have to. It's the one I watched most recently, and it, it got the biggest reaction. <laughs> so I wrote down. We see Ghost Daria wrestling the fireman. Oh, <laughs> Ghost Daria just got dragged into hell. And cut to the director's daughter in a shower scene. Yeah, like, what does that tell you, right? It's just so... It, it just feels... I think... Uh, I think, one, Dario Argento is a piece of shit. I th- I'm just gonna say that. Uh, and then I think, two, he's a creep. And I think, three, I think... I don't know. Is Is this wrong for me to say, like... Is it just an Italian thing? I don't know. Like I, you know, I wonder if they're just more lax about the nudity and stuff. But there, it's there's a creepy element of it to me. 
I I just I've also heard so much like about the idea of like uh from like women that have traveled to Italy and stuff. I've heard it's a very misogynist culture over there. Yeah, like, that's well. I mean, look at what I mean when Asia first came out during Me Too and all of that. She got a lot of shit from the Italian press and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's super feminist over there. Let's say. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you could say he's a creep. You could say he's a piece of shit. Yeah, like creeps and pieces of shit make good art sometimes. Like that's, yeah, the, oh, that's the way it goes. Look at Picasso. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I yeah, I'm glad we both wrote that in our notes. <laughs> like, I literally woke up from my like illness-induced slumber that was taking me throughout the movie and just had to write that down. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, perplexed. so for those of you who haven't seen it, stop this podcast right now and go watch it. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> it is. It is truly a masterpiece by a proclaimed master of horror. Yeah. Oh, let's not. He's a master of horror. Yeah. So it's the third film in the Three Mothers trilogy, Mother of Tears, uh, who's Mother Mater Lacrimamam. 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 <laughs> Uh, you know, she's back and better than ever, taking her top off, getting the witches together to do some stuff, because she's the most beautiful witch, which means, let's see the boobs. That's all it means. That's all it means, is let's see the boobs. And weird face tattoo thing? Yeah, her weird... (laughs) It was, I could not get a handle on the witch aesthetic in this movie. Oh my god. Because all the witches are coming to Rome to celebrate her rebirth. And the witches are like, they're like Madonna wannabes from 1985. They all look like extras from Queen of the Damned. Yeah, they've got like the teased hair and like sparkles and eye makeup and they're just annoying like they just travel in a group and they're like ha, 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 woo, <laughs> get out of the way old man <laughs> like i will say that is the one part of the movie i genuinely enjoyed was when the, they first show the witches showing up in like the airport and they're just like <laughs> horrible satanic harpies yeah it's like it's like the las vegas airport it was like a bachelorette party you know yeah, yeah it, it's a goth bachelorette party yeah i just couldn't it was so cheesy it was so cheesy which I, I, which was partially delightful, but also I was like, what is happening? Who thought this was a good idea? And then I was like, oh yeah, Dario Argento did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing that happens. Like, I think certain people reach a point in their careers where there's no one around them to tell them no. Yeah. Um, like like madonna for instance i love madonna so much i think she could use a little more people on her creative team that are like maybe you should rethink that <laughs> like stephen king maybe not an 800 page book about a car again <laughs> he's you like know? no i've got a new spin on it <laughs> I've got a new it spin has a license it. plate <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's true though no one is around to rein in their worst impulses and i think you know they turn into these ego monsters and i think if you look at suspiria inferno and mother of tears it's very obvious with dario argento who like tried to get daria nicolodi out of the picture from the get-go yeah on suspiria and it's like by the time mother of tears happened i mean by the time inferno happened she like threw up her hands and was like all right you do you man 
I'm oh here. my gosh i'm good i'll be in these things but whatever yeah i've got some stuff to say about that later on when we get to inferno yeah yeah so mother of tears it's just like i mean there were things in mother of tears that i thought were good ideas and could like were kind of interesting like the world really falling into chaos because she's back and like people going nuts and blah blah blah. but the way it happened was just so low budget <laughs> the world is falling into chaos there's two guys fighting on a, yeah, on a exactly. car it's supposed to be chaos like the whole world it's like what's happening outside i feel like i'm going crazy and then it's like two old women yelling at each other yeah that's my coupon yeah <laughs> My favorite, my favorite is when they open the urn. Well, they keep calling it an urn, but let's be real. It's, it's a, a box. It's a box. It's a treasure chest. Yeah. Um, they open the urn, like the mother of tears is released, which is weird because I'm like, when was she trapped to begin with? Yeah. Because like in Inferno, she's out and about. So I was really confused. Mm-hmm. Um so so they open the urn whatever and then the rome is like you said plunges into chaos but it's low budget chaos and it all starts when they show this like kind of omen style sequence of a woman taking a baby and throwing it off a bridge (laughs) and the The baby baby hits the thing on the way down oh my god (laughs) it's plastic foot breaks off and hits the water first and then the baby falls in the water and it's just like you could have, you could have <laughs> reshot that. Yeah, you could have reshot that. But I'm guessing you only brought one baby doll. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Dollar Tree and, was closed. Yeah, so you could you go get another one. Dollar Tree was closed. Somebody forgot to re- remove it in post. And just like George Lucas, <laughs> as he sat in his lazy boy filming the prequels and saying, oh, yeah, that works fine. Like Dario Argento was like, no, we got it. Move on. <laughs> The foot broke off. It's a statement on pain. Oh, God. It's so good. That fucking baby foot falling off. I I had to rewind that multiple times. I could not stop laughing. Because at first I was like, what just fell off of that baby? (laughs) Oh, it's his foot. Yeah. As the music's like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just kept thinking like, wow, what could happen with a budget here? Because it was like, it's such an interesting idea and everything. But then it, it just translated to like 10 people outside like kind of grabbing each other by the shoulders and shaking yeah 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 and i i do have to say like it made me curious about i mean obviously his earlier films are are pretty solid but as we move more into like the 80s the mid to late 80s and then the early 90s films all of his movies are kind of the same it's just the production quality and or the budget is the thing that really distinguishes them yeah uh and in this case it just was not there which is (laughs) hilarious because you'd think if this was allegedly 30 years in the making right you think it would show well that's the thing is like even with a low budget though i mean look at what he did with suspiria with a low budget like that's what really stands out about something like this is there is no there's zero style yes zero fucking style and it's like why is that you can do something with a colored light bulb dude yeah. yeah, and it's weird because even in Inferno, like, it, there's still a lesser style than in Suspiria. It's not as um, prevalent throughout, but it, it still says this has the same kind of uh, evocative lighting or, you know, 
Yeah. Like, where's it? Give me a give me an interesting camera angle. Give me an interesting composition in the frame. It's like it's so flat. And that's what my problem with the violence in this is, is that it's just it's so like blunt. It's kind of what the movie is built around. It's like, okay, we need to have a scene of a bunch of (laughs) Okay, like what was what was the random sequence where Ozia is just like hanging out sleeping and then she wakes up from a nightmare of lesbians having sex and then and then she wakes into another nightmare of like of demonic Mr. Ed screaming at her and then she falls back asleep and then like the woman that she had met earlier it's we suddenly find out she is one of the two lesbians that are having sex and then they just get brutally murdered for no reason. Yeah, that. But I mean, I I figured they were that was her girlfriend, right? Like as soon as they're introduced. I think I just was falling asleep. But I, well, I think my, my gaydar was like bing, 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 bing. bing. Like I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's that could be her girlfriend. And then when it's like all, alien. The yeah, the thing is going off. Twenty they're meters. Twenty meters. Ten meters. Oh god, the lesbians are in the room. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, so I think they really were, like, having sex. And then it's like, oh, the one person in the film who is a victim of sexual violence is, like, one of the lesbians. Yeah, who gets a fucking spear. Yeah, impaled. Upper upper cooch. All the way through her mouth. Yeah. Which is just like, what? Why? What? What is? Well, that's the thing. It's like his early stuff is, you know, like Suspiria. It's crazy, violent, but it's interesting and it's baroque and has style to it, and so it's fascinating to watch. This is literally just a close-up of a face getting hacked with a cleaver for five yeah. minutes until it's pulp. Like, there's nothing interesting about that. Yeah, and the violence in Suspiria. It's so much more justified when it is presented in this like fairy tale fashion. Yeah. Like it's exactly. it's established it's established that we are in a different sort of universe. It's sort of like like with this overlord thing where I'm like, why is it that I feel like overlord is weirdly inappropriate in how it talks about what the Nazis did to people versus like Frankenstein's army or dead snow? And I'm like, oh, because they're trying to be like this is a realistic depiction of war and they're trying to make a war movie. Mm. versus like making being upfront about them making a schlocky you know nazi zombie movie yeah yeah Um, if you when you set how you set up and establish those rules as filmmakers kind of justifies how the content is presented and how far you can go with it i guess Mm -hmm. yeah and so this it's like okay so the lesbian couple one gets her eyes poked out and one gets impaled through her vagina okay that's cool i like I like that they had all these tool, like Inspector Gadget tools, though. Like, <laughs> like he brought his briefcase of yeah, This weird guy who's like constantly like, "Hey guys, what's up? Like, what are you doing?" He's always screaming, yeah. and he has his weird, his weird not uh, not opera goggle or opera binoculars that stab out people's eyes. He has his weird like extending pole axe. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, okay, so, I mean, it was this, I mean, I watched the unrated version because it's Dimension Extreme, and so it was really super violent, like, really graphic, but it's like, okay, this is not, this isn't anything special. No. And uh, just so I don't know, like, what happened. Like, when you think of Argento, you think of Suspiria, probably, but you think of style. And I it's think, just like, what happened, man? 
I think it comes down to like the shitty toxic fandom remembers uh, a lot of his movies for the kills. And I think so much of toxic horror fandom is about just the gore and about the effects and right. stuff like that. Yeah. And not as much the story or the performances. Yeah. Um, well, that was the I thing think... is it fit right in with this 2007 bro horror perfectly. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. The, yeah. Lesbians being murdered in their bed. Like, yeah. Here's someone getting their teeth ripped out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not enough for you, here's a really cute menacing monkey. <laughs> You know what? I did write down good monkey acting. I wrote that monkey's cute. Because that monkey did do some good acting. The best part was when <laughs> Ozia looks over and a rope drops down and then the monkey scales down the rope. <laughs> yeah, and the monkey's like, where is she? Where yeah, is she? Yeah, it was like, oh, he brought his own Mission Impossible. <laughs> He's LARPing. <laughs> Little monkey LARPs a Monkey was the best part. Yeah, so I think I think Dario Argento just totally forgot like why his fans like him, or he's been as- led astray by his fans. It just was like, oh, this needs to be a movie about explicit violence over and over and over, and everything else is secondary to that. Because every everything like I think in Suspiria too, it goes from set piece to set piece, and the kills are these ornate set pieces. Mm-hmm. But like we said they're justified because you're swept away with these set pieces whereas these are just like how do we how do we lazily get from from this sequence of exposition to the next you know udo kier head being chopped up over yeah it just it's like the i mean the whole thing is like okay so the witches are having like a weird orgy in the catacombs Okay. Oh my god, the witch orgy was amazing. <laughs> like, the eating a string out of somebody's butt? Is that What was that? that was, was, it a, was it a string or was it like a really long tapeworm? I yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell what was going on there. Was it like a string of flags? I don't know <laughs> what that was. Yeah. But then it's like, <clears throat> you know, oh, this is so crazy. Like, wow, the world is chaos. There's a witch orgy. And then you're going to just like show two women kissing. And it's like, that's not... Yeah, it's just like, it's like a lazy night at the fetish club. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, rewind that. Was that two women kissing? Not in my America. (laughs) What did I just see? (laughs) Like, all right. I mean, at least the string in the butt was interesting. But I mean, like, give it up for Antichrist where there's the gotolingus. Like, if you're going to go there, then go there. I want to see the DVD tagline that says, at least the string in the butt was interesting. <laughs> Stacey Ponder, Gay Lewis, Texas. That's my Yelp review. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10, would recommend. Silly string. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, it was just a mess. It was just a mess. And I think I finally came to grips with, like, Ozzy Argento's not really a good actress, right? You know... No, <laughs> like I, a, I don't, I don't know why I always, I was always like she just needs the right part, and it's probably just because I think she's so good looking. But I'm like, I finally, finally, I'm just like, oh man, no, she's just not, no. She's, I, I think, I think an actor really is only often as good as their director, though, and I do think like, yeah, I maybe I'll have to watch Land of the Dead again. 
<laughs> yeah, she's she's fun in that. She's because I that. I loved her in that movie. That movie was actually my introduction to her, and I even got my nape pierced as a teenager because of her in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> because I saw that she had one, and I was like, she's the hottest and coolest person I've ever seen. I'm gonna get a nape piercing too. I was basically that girl in Mean Girls that buys the cargo pants and flip flops because. <laughs> <laughs> Because she saw Lindsay Lohan wearing them, except I had my neck pierced. Oh my, um, that's amazing. Yeah, because I was that goth. But, um, like, uh, yeah, it, this this film did give me, and this was tricky for me because it did give me the warm fuzzies of, like, remembering when I liked Ozzy Argento. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I still want to like her, but I it's just, it's just it's, so it's, she's it's hard right now. It's really hard it's right really now. Hard right now. Um and uh, yeah and yeah she can't really act and she definitely can't act in this movie and but yeah. she also really isn't given anything to do except like no no look at a book and then run around which is the same problem. This also occurs in Inferno. Like Suspiria, in in the whole Three Mothers trilogy, Suspiria is the only one that has a protagonist that's actually interesting, that actually gets to do anything right. or be ex- yes. expressive. Yes. And I, part of that might be because it's Jessica Harper, but... <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. She's so good. But I did think about that. It's like, oh my god, in all three films, you have lengthy sequences of someone investigating a house. Someone walking around and trying to figure out what's going on. And... I thought, why is it only interesting in Suspiria? Yeah, yeah, it's only interesting in Suspiria. For and sure. it's like you've got Susie, and you know things are building to a climax, and it's their style, and blah blah blah. And when it's Sarah in Suspiria, it's like the counting, and all of, like it feels like there's menace in Inferno and in Mother of Tears. It's like you're just following a person who walks quietly through a dark hall. Like it's just not. It's I shut my eyes during inferno during that part i was like i'm gonna rest my eyes just for a minute i will admit there was a whole section of the movie i missed (laughs) (laughs) because i looked up and all of a sudden there was an alchemist in a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) and i was like damn it that's why i can't stop paying attention during italian films (laughs) yeah I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. You look up and there's going to be flame shooting out of someone's mouth or chimpanzees ripping out intestines or an alchemist in a wheelchair. I mean, I will. I mean, like Mother of Tears had so, like, I mean, they ate that kid. I they was did. On, they ate, they the, ate, a, they ate oh, that guy's his, son. His little boy before before he like was running around with his throat cut. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that? He was just like holding his throat together. <laughs> yeah, like that urban legend. <gasps> oh yeah, where she undoes her thing and her head she, falls off. Yeah, it was like that. Which is what I thought Orphan was gonna be, but that's another story for another episode. <laughs> I mean, that's I the whole. That's, that's the whole story. <laughs> and, and the whole episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got two episodes out of this. This is amazing. I know. <laughs> do this more often yeah so i mean you know i I didn't hate mother of tears i guess i hated a lot of parts of it it was fun to watch because it was so bizarre um it feels more of its time than suspicious do you know what i mean because Suspiria is like sort of timeless in this fa- in the sake of how it yeah. created this magical universe versus this. <laughs> well, yeah, it's even it feels more of its time than even than Inferno too. Which can I just say? T- time out, time out, uh-huh. time out. So the three mothers are 
Mother Suspiriorum, Mother Tenebrarum, and Mother Lacrimarum. Right? Yes. Yes. Why the fuck is Inferno called Inferno and not Tenebrae? And why is Tenebrae called Tenebrae? Exactly! It doesn't make any sense! It doesn't make any sense, and it's always driven me cuckoo! It's poor branding, man. And I'm going to tell you this. It made me sound like an idiot on our last episode when I said Mater Inferiorum. Or (laughs) Inferno. Oh my god. I thought you were joking. I became Mater Inferiorum in that moment. I was trying to say (laughs) Infernum, and that's not even right. No, I thought you you were making a joke. Well, I'll edit this out. So no, I was. I was was making a a joke joke that you made. Thanks, Stacey. I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it just makes no sense to me. It really bothers me. I mean, I I try to Not much I can do about it now, I guess. I try to apply sense and logic to Italian films whenever possible. (laughs) It's the only way to watch them. It really is. But yeah, I mean, they, come on. They need to work out some branding. Also, Mother of Tears, this kind of demonstrates how far removed Dario Argento is from the actual mythology that Daria Nicolodi wrote. It's like in the movie, they even refer to the Mother of Tears as being um the the young the the youngest and the most cruel or the, the cruelest. The most of beautiful them. and cruel. The most beautiful and cruel of them. Excuse but me, actually, Mother Tenebrarum is the most cruel. They say in Inferno, which I watched the night before, that she is the most cruel. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm like, get your goddamn story straight. You mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't last in a good cop, bad cop moment. <laughs> uh, she's the most beautiful. And all yeah, I mean, the ending though. Like, so all you have to do to defeat her is take her clothes off. You take her, you take her hoodie, you throw it in the fire, and then everyone screams, and then an obelisk impales her from no. <laughs> I mean, she didn't have her hoodie the whole time, like, and she was fine. Like well, the hoodie just... was supposed to make her more powerful. But that's just like where. <laughs> There's no connecting mythology because, like, in Inferno, they introduce the idea of, like, there's the portrait and the keys Mm -hmm. versus, like, that's not in Suspiria, but then it's in Inferno. And then you think they would follow through with that in this one, but then in this one, it's like, no, it's a hoodie and an obelisk. (laughs) (laughs) And boobs! And boobs. That's how you know she's beautiful. Is because she's got boobs. She's got some boobs. And she's ready to show them. Gal's got boobs aplenty. I mean, all she did was like stand her. Uh, oh, jeez. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make any <laughs> and sense. then at the end, when they when they get when they crawl out of the <laughs> the. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And they get into a laugh riot, and I'm like, is this supposed to be a callback to Suspiria? Yeah, as as they're like crawling out of a crevasse into a matte painting, <laughs> and then, but then they're they like their bodies are green screened onto a matte painting. Oh my but, gosh! And then their laugh is dubbed onto their like over the track. It's so and the laugh is so over the top. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Here's the thing. I knew we were in for a good time. The second yeah. the movie opened when they discovered the urn, which is not an urn, it's a chest. <laughs> and and the guy's like, here, take a picture. And he takes a picture of the priest with the oh, construction the worker. Yeah. 
It's so funny because like the construction worker does this giant happy smile like this is the happiest day of his life. The priest looks super confused and then they show the little demon face and the camera lens is like (laughs) Which is like is the demon in the camera or are you taking a picture of the demon? Like I don't understand. Stacey I think you're asking too many questions. I am. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. I know. But surprisingly the rest of the movie wasn't that crazy because that to me feels like some dracula 3d shit it that was that was yeah like that could have been like is she gonna turn into a praying mantis at some point like i don't know i wish she had i wish she wish she took off when it when the hoodie came off if she was a praying mantis underneath (laughs) that's her cloaking hoodie but she still has boobs yeah she's a praying mantis with a little 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 red hoodie and boobs popping out I mean, it's just, it's a shit show. Ghost Daria was hilarious. I loved Ghost, her. Oh, Obi-Wan Kanikalodin. Yeah, and she's, she's on the world's worst green screen ever. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. Just constantly staring at things, popping up like um, like a, like a pop-up video. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I thought every time she came on, I was like, what a trooper. Oh my god. What a trooper. All the shit she went through. I know, and she's still there being like, yeah, I'll do a day of filming for you. I'll do it. Ozia's in it, right? All right, I'll do it. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. Oh, man. Yeah, with like the powder puff, blow the the ghost dust. Oh, like, whoa. (laughs) Like, take this compact and blow the powder. (laughs) Okay. Oh, your mom never taught you that? I just, and also, Ozzy Arjunjo's character is supposed to be American. Why? Why didn't they just make just her an Italian? make her an Italian. The poor thing is struggling with her accent. Like, just, that's like, who cares where she's from? Just That's, that's like when Ozia re- <laughs> made um, The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, which is, ooh, unfortunately, weird to talk about because that's the movie where she met the kid that yeah. all that went down with. But um, when she made that, you know, because that was a, based on a book by J.T. Leroy, who also wasn't a real person, but there's a yeah. whole scandal about that, too. It's just layers, layers and layers. It's a rich but, tapestry. <laughs> it is a rich, convoluted, fucked up tapestry. <laughs> but um, when she made that movie, like, she was playing this white trash American mother. And so they were like, well, how do we resolve the fact that Asia is hellbent on making this movie and is clearly Italian? So they write, like, one line about how she went off to a boarding school in Italy for a month. <laughs> <laughs> And like, so that's why she comes back with like, hey, I'm an American. I am the American mother. I raised my American child in America. (laughs) Which. Why does she have to make it difficult? Can't she just let me love her? Yeah. Come on, Asia. Like, I'm here for you, girl. We're rooting for you. I I believe in you even more than Rose McGowan. I need you back. (laughs) Exactly. But like, what? I mean, and Daria Nicolodi is her mother and clearly has an accent. Like, why are they not just Italian? We're in Rome! It doesn't make... When in Rome... uh, When in Rome, just be Italian. Pretend you're American. (laughs) Which could take us to Inferno. um, Right. Which which is, uh, I think... 
one of the more convincingly set in New York movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> hey, here we are in New York, America. It's New York. Hey. I love eating a pizza in New York. <laughs> New York, all these buildings. They all have brick. <laughs> you see these windows? You only get those in New York. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the movie is filmed in the fucking Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, everybody has an accent, but it's New York. Yeah. We swear, we swear. It's New York City. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Inferno, I'm not sure on some of the choices there. Yeah, where'd you where'd you fall on Inferno? <laughs> um, I didn't hate it. I liked, uh, there were some parts of it that I thought were really cool, but then I'm like, you're going to have the, the most boring protagonist. Oh my god. Okay, here's my issue. Here, here's my ish, is what I'm going to say. Give me the ishes. And I'll let you let this sink in. Um, <laughs> uh, Lee McCloskey as, what, what was his name? Mark? Mark? As the most boring protagonist ever filmed. Yeah. I was simultaneously enthralled and so bored out of my mind because this guy has no character whatsoever in the film except no. like his, his sister happens to be the woman that sets off the whole storyline in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was enthralled because he looks like an 80s like gay vintage porn star. <laughs> he does. He looks like something Jason would draw, honestly. Yeah, exactly. With his mustache and everything. Yep. So J Jason and I were very like, oh, tell us more, Lee McCloskey. But then he <laughs> didn't he didn't get to do anything. I don't think he I acted at all. No, he didn't. And it was so funny because I, I was I also watched the special features for these and he's talking about his performance and how Dario like really helped him figure out the soul of this character. What? And I was like, all you did is go from room to room and look at different books. <laughs> his facial expression never changed through the whole movie. Yeah. And all, all I really gained from him being in this film, besides like a new crush, was... Uh, <laughs> Was finding out that he he did this TV movie called Alexander: The Other Side of Dawn, where he played a gay prostitute. Well, he was a gay for pay prostitute who is best friends with Eve Plum, who was Dawn, oh. the teenage the teenage runaway, and they both got their own NBC TV movies. So I added those to my YouTube list. So that's the, <laughs> well, that's that's my takeaway that's from not Inferno. A bad takeaway. <laughs> Yeah. That's not a bad takeaway. Cautionary teen TV movies. <laughs> I mean, I think my big takeaway from Inferno was what is Mother Tenebrarum doing? What? Yeah, that's Why the thing. Why is it's like, she just a nurse? She's just a nurse taking care of, like, what, her, her decorator, basically? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you built my house for me. Let me be your nursemaid forever. Which doesn't make any sense the, why did they need him alive they didn't right i mean maybe if they were like oh the windows are energy efficient and i really want to <laughs> i need an energy star refrigerator can you do something yeah. like that <laughs> like she was too lazy to apply for house hunters so <laughs> yeah so she's like i don't know keep him around i'm yeah. italian <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that's the big reveal is the nurse like this guy's nurse is the mother of darkness and it's like but why did was you see she... that coming <laughs> i mean no because it was stupid 
Because it's, that's the thing, it's like a pointless reveal. Like, and this is what the new, the new Suspiria does not do, but does so well is like, it doesn't seem like a pointless reveal when, when, um, uh, Susie comes in out of nowhere and is the mother of size, you know? Right. But like, but like a film, like, like the fog remake or something where it's like, oh, this is, this was the person the whole time. And it's just like, people are trying to re lazy filmmaker filmmakers are trying to recapture that like usual suspects kind of twist. Mm-hmm. But it's like it hasn't been earned and it's not built into the story enough. And, and it just doesn't when you think about the role she's playing, it's like, why would she do that? And honestly, this was my one real problem with Get Out. Which oh. I enjoyed. However, the big reveal where it's like, oh, the maid and the gardener are grandma and grandpa, it's like why would these racist old white people want to like, it didn't make sense to me that they would put themselves in a position of servitude just to, do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it, it works for the plot, but in terms of it the- It works for the, the plot, re- but for re- the, like, the reality of the film, it's like, n- no. Yeah, it doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. And it's the same thing with this, of like, I'm the most powerful woman in the world. I'll be your, I'll wipe your ass. <laughs> and push you around in this wheelchair like well and like in get out i think you could argue that like maybe they were just putting they were they were basically playing dress up like whenever anybody looked they were yeah 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 yeah. but like but like in the realm of inferno that doesn't apply because she is actually taking care of this guy in the wheelchair Like what are you? I'm an evil thousand year old witch. You know you can do whatever you want, right? Like you're not stuck with this. (laughs) That's the first time she's heard that, Stacey. Yeah, well, someone should have told her. (laughs) She she just discovered feminism. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's the only one also who does like doesn't have a coven, right? Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, because Suspiria, she has a coven. Uh, Mother of Tears, she has her like new wave goth band. And hot topic yeah. <laughs> rewards program <laughs> yeah and in this one she she has what like miss tanner yeah yeah <laughs> Car- who's like name was carol or whatever yeah. like it was nice to see her back by the way but yes. but like that's that's it that's all you got going on okay i mean you do you mother of darkness but i'm just saying well and it doesn't this is the the biggest problem is it doesn't especially following and maybe the part of it is me like wanting it to be Suspiria but following off of Suspiria there isn't really any established reason why any of this is happening it's like oh wait so she just doesn't want people to know she exists or she doesn't want this book to exist yeah they seem really hellbent on getting rid of all the books and it's like bitch the books have been out there yeah they've just been yeah. sitting on shelves at the library and now you're like oh shit people are looking at the books yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's on that book right behind you right there <laughs> <laughs> like what i mean it just doesn't i don't know not that everything was... has to make total sense especially when you're talking about you know like witches doing shit but come on but at least it but stay true to the universe that you're establishing yeah it's 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 almost as if maybe the filmmaker did not really create the mythos that he was alleging to write. Interesting. Huh. So this can I get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So I found this beautiful quote by um Daria Nicolodi. This is actually really depressing, but I found this on um my my favorite research site 
Wikipedia. (laughs) Daria said that um, she she wasn't credited on Inferno, even though she did write the film. And and Daria and Dario pitched this film together to, um, I think it was Universal, after the giant success of Suspiria. And she justified why she wasn't credited. And she said... Having fought so hard to see my humble but excellent work in Suspiria recognized, and then she said, up until a few days before the premiere, I didn't even know if I would see my name in the film credits. I didn't want to live through that again. So I said, do as you please. In any case, the story will talk for me because I wrote it. It's so infuriating. Isn't that so? It's just like that piece of shit didn't even. And this is why I'm so ready to call him a piece of shit. It's like, regardless of his skill as a filmmaker at one time, it's like he doesn't even credit the woman who wrote the goddamn story. Yeah, I and like, like why? That's not taking away from your achievement at all. Apparently, there was a script for the third film too that they wrote together. That they wrote together that they totally chucked out. Yeah, and he just got rid of it. But then he still didn't credit her for like like story or characters by Daria Nicolodi no. in Mother of Tears. No. Like thirty years later, when that's actually like more of an established practice than it might have been in Italy in the eighties. Uh, he still could have done that in Mother of Tears, and he didn't. Yeah, and I don't get it. I don't, like, it just doesn't, I mean, even, like, a big ego monster like John Carpenter, like, every, like, his very first film is a John Carpenter film and all that, he still fucking gave Deborah Hill credit, and she still got credit on Halloween H4O. Speaking of which, yesterday was her birthday, by the way, and we missed it. Oh, happy birthday, Deborah Hill. We're sorry, happy belated. (laughs) I'll leave a cake at the crossroads for you. <laughs> With some razor blades and some lines. I'm going to blow on my powder puff and see if I can summon her. <laughs> as, as blue CGI Deborah Hill. <laughs> She's like, what do you want? <laughs> Who put me on this green screen? Leave me alone already. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, really cool. Here's the thing: if we ever make a film like a Gaylord's of Darkness movie, <laughs> thank God that Dario Argento is so low budget and so um, just worn out as a filmmaker at this point that we can easily do our own um, Deborah Hill ghost effects just in the same style as Mother of Tears. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there needs to be a sh- like. Why have I not seen Carla Rossi blowing on a powder puff yet to summon something? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm oh, not sure what I would she do would it, summon. but I'm afraid that it would end the world. I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I definitely feel like, yeah, like that. It's that discrepancy that we see in the stories in Inferno and then in Mother of Tears really points to the fact that there's someone playing with toys that aren't theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew that Mother of Tears was like co-written by Jace Anderson and Adam Girash, but apparently he ditched them as well. Yeah. Or just didn't credit them. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, they got credit on the film. I saw their names, I think. Like, it's out there. But it's like they, he wrote a draft and then they fixed it. They spent like a couple of months working on it and wrote another draft and he rewrote that. And then supposedly he kicked them off of it and just did what he wanted anyway. Which he seems to just do all the time. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) I mean, um, uh, the evidence, the sharp decline in quality, you know, it might have something to do with it. 
I don't know. It really could. It could. But I also feel like this just points to what happens with like these auteur filmmakers as time goes on and like they get it's 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 like kind of like that Madonna factor maybe to some degree but also like sort of I think that the ingenuity of youth and having to work in constraints and with low budgets and stuff and 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 having not made it where everyone's worshiping you yet like you have to work a lot harder I think yeah and there's a much more you look at all the great early films and there's a like when you read like behind the scenes it is a community effort something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's like so many people worked to make that what it is it wasn't just Toby Hooper but who gets the credit is Toby Hooper yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's the it's the same thing with you know Halloween. Obviously, as we've learned, it's the same thing with all of these films. Yeah, and it's like Carpenter, Craven, Hooper, Argento, Romero, um, Romero. Uh, literally everybody that was on Masters of Horror or featured on that show. Like, yeah. you could look at that, that show is like it could have been called you know no longer Masters of Horror. <laughs> we were Masters of Horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like it, it really shows that like there is there's a decline of work that comes with um being celebrated so much i think and not having to be uh willing to take risks with your with with a community right I don't yeah know. well early on it's like they really had a story to tell you know a, yeah. a story they yeah. had to you... tell they had people willing to help them to make it happen and they were just you know they might have been steering the ship but they were also just another crew member in a sense they yeah. had low budget and had to work within their constraints. Technology was, you know, primitive enough, for lack of a better word, that they had to be creative and find ways to do it. Whereas Dracula 3D could be like, ah, just making a computer. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, and that's that's George Lucas today. That's James Cameron. That's Steven Spielberg, where it's like these these master filmmakers sitting in their easy chairs, just like just just computer. Yeah, just yeah. make it a computer and that'll be fine. I will argue Dracula 3D is better than most of all of that input. <laughs> just because Man of alive. the sheer specialness of that film. And that is a special film. That is, I can't it even is. hate it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's special. Perfect. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> it's its own singular entity. It's its own genre. Yeah, it really My is. My only wish is that I had, like, I haven't seen it in 3D yet, but. I gotta make that happen. <gasps> that could be your Make-A-Wish now that you already got your other Make-A-Wish. <laughs> it's true. It is time for Can you make a wish, wish. Oh. The Make-A-Wish Foundation is like, are you, are sure? you sure, honey? I'm sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have, I, apparently I have that thing where I get old fast. <laughs> like Robin Williams and Jack. <laughs> I'm an opposite Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> or is it the same Isn't that just normal no, i've never seen benjamin buttons i have to stop <laughs> referencing these films i've never seen forrest gump <laughs> benjamin button how many more will suffer i like that i like that your version he's benjamin buttons there's it's plural and then he gets old right <laughs> It's the story of a baby that grows up to become old. So, a story well, revolutionary, never... a baby who gets old. <laughs> and his name is Buttons. Buttons the baby. 
<laughs> and then he gets thrown off a bridge <laughs> and his leg breaks off. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, um, uh, uh, things I did like about Inferno. Um, I enjoyed the, 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 the one common thread was the architecture. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really liked how they tried to have like, what was it? Valetti, the architect or whatever, yes. or Veretti, or I really liked how they tried to make the Mater Tenebrarum's house actually sort of looks and evoke the Tons Academy from the first film. Yes. Um, that was really lovely, and that was something that was definitely missing in Mother of Tears, where they just, like, dropped that idea Yeah, altogether. that she's just in the catacombs! Bitch, you had yeah, to make th- a house for you! It was so weird, because at the end, they're like, a Mother of Tears, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, there's this whole storyline about the houses that we forgot from the last movie, so here's a picture of a house and a book, <laughs> now go to the catacombs. <laughs> and I thought when poor Ozzie was, like, taking forever to get out, because she was trapped in that, like, quicksand body soup... Oh, as, as someone kept puking bodies on her yeah, from above? Yeah, I just thought, man, he loves torturing his daughter, too. Oh, he... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all about I mean, torturing is it a his wonder, naked daughter. Is it a wonder that she's, you know... I don't know. Anyway. Fucked up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah! Right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, I guess. Yeah, there really is. There really is. But look, I just, why have the orgy in the catacombs? Because it's spooky. Why not have an orgy in a catacombs? Do you hear yourself? Well, (laughs) ask me again Saturday. (laughs) We'll see what I say. (laughs) Why not have an orgy in the catacombs? See what a little inflection change can bring. There we go. I mean, yeah, that's a whole plot point is this dude designed these houses and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's the one nice thing in Inferno, I thought. Otherwise, it just, it felt like a really disconnected series of vignettes between character, unrelated characters. Mm -hmm. Like how how Suspiria, it's like, oh, here's Olga, here's Sarah, here's Patricia, here's um, Susie. But like, they all existed in the same world with each other. Yes. At least they kind of knew each other and it was, they were all, yeah, yeah. And they're all like sort of informing each other, even if they aren't directly aware of that. They're informing how the viewer discovers it. And in this, it's just like, oh, well, here's Daria Nicolodi who just randomly showed up because she was like the neighbor. But, oh, but now we're in Rome and there's this person. (laughs) And And this is, uh, and and Mother Lacrimarum is going to show up for, but we're not going to really acknowledge that. Oh, she has like her cat. She has her cat and she's like, <laughs> I loved her. Staring at her, staring at him. But then I'm like, why Why does she not? Where is her hoodie, uh, first of all? Where is her hoodie? And why doesn't she have cats in the new movie? Yeah. If she's like, got cats everywhere. The cat the... stuff kind of bothered me. As uh... I. I was so upset. I was I I fast forwarded through the one scene where the old dude was like gonna kill all the cats. Uh, I fast forwarded because I was like, okay, there was there was some clear cat distress happening, and I was not on board with that. Yeah, the only good thing about that scene where he goes to drown the bag of cats is that he immediately falls into the water (laughs) right after. Um, But yeah, like it, and that's 
I, I loved the scene where it's just the cats attacking the the it was very let the right one in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, the cat stuff, it's like, and this is another thing. It's like I always every time I watch an Italian horror movie, or really any schlock horror movie from the 70s, like Grindhouse film, I always like am so excited to watch the movie and I'm like, oh, everyone talks about this movie. And then I spend the whole movie being so distressed because it's like you never know in an Italian film or a horror film from the 70s when an animal is suddenly going to show up and be tortured or killed, yes, you know, yeah. on, on camera. Yep. It happens and before you can stop it. Yeah, and it's, it's ugh, I hate yeah. it. And it was a little Even, like the bird, it reminded me of the birds where Tippy Hedrum was like tortured by having birds thrown at her. And it's like, here you've got, it was like Daria Nicolodi had cats thrown at her. And it's like, no one's enjoying that. Yeah. She's not enjoying yeah, it. Not... The cats are pissed off. Like, what if we didn't do that? Yeah, no one's no one's having a good time there. No. So just stay away from animals. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of dragged yeah. me down, but So it sucked because I loved I loved the mother of tears showing up and having her cat. Um and then I hated what they did with cats for the rest of the movie. It was really upsetting. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, so when they're in Rome and they're being stalked by the same like Jallo black gloved killer who also has the same claw hand. <laughs> is that, is that Tenebrarum? Did she get a passport and now she's in Rome or are we to assume that that's the mother of tears also killing the people in Rome? Cause they're working together. Yeah, right. I was super confused. They by don't that. bother to even try to explain it. And then like, if mother of tears is up and running around with her cats and her Jallo gloves, like why does she need why that hoodie? Yeah, why does she need a hoodie? And then how did she get trapped in an urn? Like, I, yeah, what? <laughs> why are they calling it an urn? And why not? Why have, are they calling it? An why urn? not have a hot? Why don't the hot top? If the hot, blah, 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 okay, slow down, Stacy. Use your words. <laughs> if the hot topic witches know enough to come to Rome because she's around, why didn't the hot topic witches try to resurrect her? All they had to do was dig up that urn. Yeah, and bleed on it. And a little. bleed on it a little. Yeah, no big deal. I think I think the hot topic witches aren't the smartest. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> Woo. Oh my god, I I kind of feel like Inferno. There's just not a lot to say about it. Yeah. Back to Mother of Tears, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was with that scene where like the Japanese witch who was chasing Asia, like. Was it like super out of her character for Asia to like suddenly take that woman and like brutally smash her head in the train door? Yeah, since she was like, basically couldn't take care of herself at all through the whole thing. She like, you know, had to rely on Obi-Wan Nickelodeon's advice. <laughs> <laughs> and like, be invisible. You can do it. Concentrate. Go to Dagobah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is another skywalker <laughs> but like you know she didn't do anything to help herself except run away and then to like yeah. turn this woman's head into pulp with a door is just like yeah yeah i was so confused yeah. um sorry that was my detour back to mother of I tears mean, because why are we going because I, else? I remembered that oh so oh okay i'm detouring back to inferno now so end of inferno like they burn the house down and so that just that destroys her oh my god that's where they got the name of the movie 
Oh, because it's like fire. Because it's like hot. It's like hot fire. Oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. That does explain why they didn't have the title have anything to do with the main character or the mythology. Because there's a fire at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Unlike Suspiria. Oh, no, wait. It's just like Suspiria. <laughs> I'm so confused. I liked it when she turned into that weird skeleton thing. She was like, "I am death," and turned into. Oh, that was, I was cool. Like, I liked that. That was that was cool. no. I I I like I loved her for all intents and purposes. For all five like seconds, her... she was in it. Yeah, yeah. When she's like actually Tenebrarum and not just the nurse. Like when she's like in the mirror and the skull thing. Like that was really cool. And then and then all of a sudden, like what? There's fire, and then he just runs, and then everything's fine, and she's gone. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's what it looks like to defeat her. That just after Suspiria, where like you have to stab the invisible witch. Like that just feels so uh they all non- kind of have a little wah, wah of an ending really yeah it's like you yeah. know this whole build up and then oh there's her outline stab that's suspiria oh there's her hoodie oh there's her hoodie i'll take it off somehow with a spear from across the room because <laughs> that's how clothes work <laughs> Hey, yeah! How did they get that off? Like, did she lift her arms? Yeah, she was like, "Oh, hold on, I'll help you here. Here we go." Yeah. Oh no, there's there's a there's a zipper back here. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh no! No! Why did I help? My power, my boobs, my boob powers. Yeah, it just like what? So all three of them have kind of a da 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 ending <laughs> quick someone go outside and yeah, laugh someone go outside and laugh <laughs> okay fucking weird man what a time to be alive it really is well i've <sighs> seen mother of tears now so do you feel do you feel like um better for it do you feel more informed i do feel more informed <laughs> yeah because you know it is a part of the trilogy uh, I just wouldn't watch it on on principle during that time of my life, I guess. <laughs> I tried not to watch much of any. Like, I just got so burnt out on the genre, you know? But why? It was all so good. It was good. all so good. <laughs> <laughs> so woman-friendly. So woman-friendly, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I do, do I feel uh, like I'm in a better place? No, not at all. after having watched it but i did see it i feel like that's how every one of our episodes should end is with you saying that (laughs) (laughs) the world's most existential queer horror podcast (laughs) Werner herzog presents (laughs) dead lots of darkness a journey through existential angst I mean, that's really my litmus test, you know, for a movie yeah. quality, for sure. <laughs> but now if someone asks if I've, I just, I feel like I can say yes, because it's true. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. It took me two nights to get through it because I did fall asleep the first night. Yeah, I found myself falling asleep in Mother of Tears during the, uh, actually, sadly, when Udo Kier showed up and I love Udo That was Kier, right so when I, was... I fell asleep yeah ah, see we're linked yeah and i'm like you're gonna bring him back and he wasn't 
the same character. I know. I asked Jay. I was like, oh, Udo Kiersback, do you think he plays the, the, like, the witchcraft specialist or whatever from Suspiria? And he's like, no, he plays a priest. <laughs> yeah, like, why? 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 He probably forgot like, he was in the fucking first film. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, well I don't know what to say <laughs> what a good time to go see Suspiria now and forget all about the, right oh my god the formative movies that established it I will say it did get me I still have so many questions about the new Suspiria and mainly about the three mothers as they exist in this universe yes um I'm still trying to figure it out. Like one thing I did notice on my second visit was I actually, I kind of feel like tears and darkness, um, Lacrimorum and Tenebrarum are in the film. Really? And so like Olga, there's that part where Olga goes running, you know, she's going to leave the Academy and then, and then it proceeds to her getting trapped in that dance studio and everything Mm -hmm. and her body getting ripped apart. But like, she's, she starts crying. Um, Oh yeah, but, like, when she couldn't stop crying for some reason. She and it's like really thick tears yeah. um that won't that won't leave her face. And then those uh. same tears happen to the other the instructor that kills herself. Yeah. Um oh. they both are like kind of late and they both are like sort of possessed by tears. Ooh. I know, I know, I know, I know. So I'm kind of wondering if like the mother of tears is like in this universe, if she's like maybe like empathy or sadness or tragedy. Um, and then I wonder if, if darkness or tenebrarum isn't death also, like if she, if she isn't that death specter that shows up with the long claws and like, and I think, um, (laughs) thank you so much. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, so then is the spiriorum is sort of like the, 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 the physical nature of the three mothers. Like she's the movement, she's the body, um, Oh, yeah. I know what I'm going to be looking at next time I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, look at it and tell me cuz I'm really I'm really trying to figure out like are all the three mothers in this film and where where if not where are the other two and oh Luca just make another one because the in I love the original Suspiria and the new Suspiria but Inferno is Suspiria light at best. Yeah. And Mother of Tears is I mean a great cradle of filth music video. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to see some boobs, there's a lot of boobs. Yeah. But I mean, like, the second two just feel like just so much wasted potential. Yeah. More than anything else. I can't even hate them. You know, they didn't, they weren't enough for me to, like, they just, like, oh, that could have been better. Yeah. Yeah, especially Inferno. Yeah. There were so many moments where it was, like, almost there, but then, but then I was just like, Oh, he's got a nice mustache. <laughs> and that's really what I took away from that movie. Yeah. Mother of Tears, I was like, there's an interesting story here, but I think at this point it would have to be directed by someone else. Yeah. And, oh, Aja. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Poor Aja. Yeah. I think, if nothing else, Aja... We're here for you when you're ready. <laughs> Gaylords of Darkness are here for you. Yeah. We we will start a fund, a trust. A go fund like, me. Yeah. Go fund her. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
haunted tome made out of skin. It's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.